0: Amen. So how many of you this morning know that we are still in the midst of a series of messages called This is the Bible. How many of you all remember that? So if you uh, would, would stand for a moment and if you have your Bible with you, I want you to hold it. By the way, I just want to point out, do you see my Bible? We noticed, we noticed. We noticed. I just want you to know I have stepped it up. <laughs> I, just, I just figured that one double size might have more impact. On you. And uh, yeah, this is a big Bible. This is what happens when you're 70 years old and you need a large print study Bible. Can I hear an amen? Wow. Well, that's a lot. And this one, you know, you're supposed to be a Bible thumper. Boy, I've got a loud thump coming from mine. How about you? Hold it for Bibles and declare this with me. Say, this is the Bible, God's holy word. It is truth it is from, beginning to end. from beginning to end. It is alive. It is powerful. And it speaks about my life, who I am in Christ, and how I'm to live. I will claim it. I will, I will feed on it. And I will live by and it. I live by and it. I will accept all the blessings of God and I will all the blessings in of God. Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is the Bible. Jesus. All right. Now, now wave it up real high to the devil, make him mad. All right. And now you can be seated. <laughs> Praise God. Joy to be together, learning and growing together. It is a privilege and a joy. Well, let's get into the message this morning. Uh, just to kind of give you context of where we are at in our series um, we're, the, today is the next to the last session in this series called This is the Bible, and uh, I hope that it will be beneficial for you. Yeah, there we go. It's looking good. All right. A lot to share this morning, and not a lot of time to share it. Uh, Some someone to pack a lot in here these last two Sundays. But as we said, the title of this series is This is the Bible, and we take that from the example of a football example, Uh, when the coach of the Green Bay Packers, the famous uh, Vince Lombardi, looked at his players after a losing season and figured that he needed to get back to the basics, and he looked at them one day and he said, this is a football, and that's where we're going to start. So sometimes you just got to go back and start with, this is the Bible. And that's where we're going to start. So we've been doing that and I know that last week uh, Pastor Brad offered wonderful insights to help you develop a reliable trust that the Bible can be believed and can be trusted. It is fully inspired, it is authoritative, and it is reliable. So today we're going to talk about how can how can I learn the Word of God? So what what is it that I need to do to learn to to learn the Bible, to grow in my knowledge of the Bible, and how can I feed on the Bible? Um, I believe that Charles Spurgeon's statement is accurate when he said nobody ever outgrows Scripture. So there's some people who believe, you know, if I just, you know, I know a lot, I've grown a lot, I've been taught a lot, they think they can outgrow the Word of God. You can never outgrow Scripture. The book, he says, widens and deepens with our years, so whether you're eight years old here today, eighteen, or eighty, the Bible is still for you, Amen. Amen? Amen. And you will never outgrow it. Now, there's an old prayer that the church many many years ago was known for praying, and uh, it went something like this: uh, They they would pray, "May we read, Mark, learn, and inwardly digest." The Word of God, so every week they would pray that prayer together. May we read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the Word of God. How many of you remember the story of the prophet Jeremiah? This is maybe a little obscure, but it 's uh, kind of the phrase that 's been taken from that is quite fascinating. We know that Jeremiah was one of the major prophets, and uh, he spoke in Jeremiah chapter fifteen. And it says that he, uh, he took the digest part of that statement, digesting the word quite literally. And the Bible tells us that he ate the revealed word of God. Now, I know sometimes when you have a toddler, they eat everything. You give them a book, they'll start eating the pages of the book. So, we're not talking about literal eating the pages of this book. But the scripture does say in chapter 15 of verse 16, Jeremiah says, Your words were found, the prophet said. Your words were found and I ate them. Your words were found and I ate them. I consumed them. I digested them. This, this tells me he did more than just a passive listening. He didn't just hear this word that the Holy Spirit was speaking to him, of course he had a, an incumbent, inherent responsibility to share the prophetic word that God was giving to him to the nation. But he said, your words were found and I ate them. And look how personally he took it. He said, your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. This is a happy man. When he would take God's word so personally, so strongly that he said that he ate them. It's one thing just to read it. It's another thing to eat it. He chewed on it. He benefited from it. God's Word imparts life to you and to me. And they nourish us. If we'll learn to consume it, eat it on a regular basis. So this is Jeremiah 15 16. So today we're going to learn, we're going to look at a couple of basic scriptures here and I'd like to challenge you just to turn to a couple of these. Uh, I know I'm, I'm going to run it at a pace today that's going to be impossible for you to turn to every scripture I'm going to mention but, but at least for these first couple of ones I think it's good for us. Turn to Matthew chapter 4 and what we're going to learn today is how to feed on God's Word and how to make the most of His nourishment that He provides for us. So, we're going to answer the question well, how do I feed on God's word? And how do I get the most nourishment, the most good for my life out of the word of God? Because, as we see even from this verse, we see that Jesus was given us some very important life giving direction when he answered the devil's temptation, not with just a good idea, but he took an Old Testament verse. And he put it into his mouth. It was already in his mind and heart. And he spoke it as a weapon against Satan's temptation. And it says, Jesus answered, It is written. Can everybody just say that with me? It is written. Now, let me just give you a clue. You have to know what it says before you can say, It is written. It is saying it is written means you already know it's written. Because why? Because you've read and studied it already. If you read it and study it, you can say it is written. Yeah. That's a phrase I don't hear a lot of people walking around today saying it is written. But sometimes we need to say it is written to the devil. Sometimes we need to say it is written to our children. Sometimes we need to say to our schools, it is written. Sometimes we need to say to those in authority, it is written. <laughs> and that is what I'm living my life on. What did he say? He said, it is written, what? Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Boy, there's so much in that one little verse, but what it tells us is that the word of God is to be like physical food to us. It is spiritual, life-giving food. It is nutritious to us on a spiritual level. That in the same way that you do without food long enough, you will die. And your health, physical health, even mental and psychological health, is based on what, how much food you eat and the quality of food you eat. And so if you eat Snickers candy bars and M&M's, for 30 days straight, and that's all you eat, how many of you know you will not be a healthy person? Am I right? Nothing against M&Ms, sorry, but you will not be healthy if that's what you're eating all the time. So your physical health is based upon what you eat and whether you eat the right volume, the right amount of food. Some of us don't eat enough, some of us eat irregularly, some of us eat too much. Can I hear name amen somewhere? Lonely? You have to agree with that somewhere. And some of us eat the wrong stuff, right? And as a result, our physical health reflects that. The second thing we see from that is it says in every word that comes from the mouth of God. This reinforces the principle that Pastor Brad taught last week, which was the principle of inspiration. 2 Timothy 3.16, that all Scripture is what? It is God-breathed. God's breath on it. You say, well, how did God's breath get on it? Because the Holy Spirit, which is the breath of God, was influencing those that God used to write the Scripture or speak the Scripture. And when you speak it and the Holy Spirit is on it, it is the Word of God, and it has God's breath on it. And when they came from the mouth of God originally, whether they came through Moses, whether they came through Jeremiah, whether it came through the Apostle Paul, when it came from them, from the Holy Spirit, it is from the mouth of God. It has His his breath on it. It's inspired. God breathed. And you and I need it to live. And just like natural food strengthens our natural man, spiritual food, the Word of God will strengthen our spirit man. Now we notice that the people of the church of Thessalonica in Greece, the Thessalonians, had the right approach. And I thought this is just a good scripture to remind you of. They had the right approach. In chapter 2, in verse 13, it says, Therefore, we never stop thanking God for that now this is Paul commending them all right he says therefore we never stop thanking god that when you received his message god's message god's word the gospel and god's word from us so paul and his team were the, were those that were speaking teaching exhorting encouraging using what using scripture he said, but the way that you received it is what was so important. He said, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. This wasn't, we were. You didn't accept it just like we were just sharing opinions. Or that we were just writing for the editorial section of the news. You accepted it in what way? The very word of God. <clears throat> That's the way you accepted it. Which, of course, Paul reminds us, that's what it is. You accept it that way, but more importantly, that's good. Because that's what we were sharing. We were sharing the very Word of God, which, of course, it is. And this Word continues to work in you who believe. What does that tell us? That tells us when we eat it, it's not just for the taste. When you eat the right kind of food, it works in you. It's working in you. It's working health. It's working out its purpose in your body. And you're, y'all have all heard the saying, you are what you eat? Yeah. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, you are what you eat. I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about spiritual stuff. You are what you eat. So are you eating the word of God? It says it will continue to work. In you, continually, for you who are believers, the word of God will feed us. Amen. Amen. Then in Second Timothy, go ahead and turn to that one. So these will be, uh, this is all the work I'm going to make you do for a little bit here. Second Timothy, I know some of you aren't used to it. Turn if you, if you can, turn in your Bibles, the written ones, the paper ones. Yeah, I'm not going to make you literally eat the pages. You're just going to turn it and take it in. All right, 2 Timothy 2.15, a vital verse. I'm going to read it to you out of the King James, which uh, seems to be those who have been Christians a long time kind of click with this. And Then I'm going to give you a more accurate uh, interpretation, a translation, all right? So in the King James, in verse 15, it says... Who's what's the context? Who's writing this? Apostle Paul, who's he writing to? Pastor Timothy. So he's instructing his son in the Lord, who's the pastor of the church at Ephesus. All right? So he's talking to him and he says this, Timothy, Study. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman, That needeth not be to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, That was one of my early Sunday school memorization verses. That's a good one to put on your list to memorize. It ought to take you a week, right? So uh, what I'm going to do, by the way, is starting next Sunday, I'm going to start this new practice. I'm going to give... Oh, I heard someone say, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. I'm going to give a monthly memory verse. Yeah. And then, oh, Alex is shouting in the back. I'm going to give a monthly memory verse that is so simple, your child could do it. But we're going to do it because I find most Christians, we'll get to this in a little bit, are totally, totally out of the habit of memorizing anything other than your passwords. <laughs> and some of us don't memorize those very well. Am I right? So we're, we're going to memorize a verse a month or, or a section a month at least. It won't be, won't be massive. All right. So anyway, that's, that's the way that verse uh, is written in the King James Version. But, but some of the words are a little bit old in terms of their, their, the way that they're written. So uh, it starts off by saying study. So a little bit newer translation. Let me read it to you. I have two different ones. It says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker, everybody say a worker, worker. who doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now the word for study is more accurately the word diligence. It has to do with hard work, which tells us what? Getting in the word, And learning to really eat the Word is going to require some diligent work. Don't shout me down now. Diligent, hard, consistent work. Just to say the word work makes some people nervous. (laughs) This is work. It's nourishing work. It's necessary work. It should be joyful work, even as Jeremiah said. So the first word there is to be diligently, earnestly. And uh, then it goes on to say that the reason we're to do that, instead of study, it it really means just to work, and is talking about working in the Word of God. Now he's speaking to a pastor, but I just want you to know, this verse has application to every single believer. This is not just, you can say, oh, that's just for those in the ministry. This is for every believer. Be diligent to be approved of God. In other words that that God will bless you and be approved you're doing what is necessary as a worker Aren't we all called to be workers of the kingdom of God? We're all called to be co-workers, co-laborers, so no one has an excuse. We're all supposed to be diligent in the way that we pursue God's word. We don't need to be ashamed when we're in a situation where someone says, well, explain that. Or how do you know that? We need to be properly prepared. How do we do that? By rightly dividing the word of truth. I did a little word study a couple of weeks ago on this, and I thought it was just really interesting. Do you know what the Greek language there for rightly dividing actually means? In some translations, as you can see, uh, it's handled, sometimes it says rightly administering or rightly handling. The word in the original language literally meant to cut something straight as a father would take a loaf of bread and cut it for his kids and distribute it to them. How many of you have ever taken a full loaf of bread and you cut it and messed it up? <laughs> and, and you're like, well, that wasn't very good. Let me try again. I mean, you couldn't even put a piece of, of meat in there, right? You didn't cut it right. So you have to be really careful to make sure that you have the right kind of knife. That you slice it just right, and when you do it right, you slice it right, you cut it right. It's perfect for the family, and then you can serve your family. That's the what the word in the original language actually meant for a father to rightly divide the the bread. In the same way, we need to learn how to handle it. We need to, which means we got to learn how to feed on it. We got to learn how to interpret it. We have to learn how to use it in the same way that a father would use nutritious bread for his family. Isn't that a great scripture? Wow, so much to learn there. Amen? So there is nothing more important to you and me in our development as Christ's followers than our spiritual health, our spiritual vitality. And there are numerous things that contribute to that. But the food part of it. How I many you know we need certain things? Physical health needs certain things, right? Exercise, food, light, all those things. Spiritual health, there are a number of things we need. But today we're just focusing on the food side of it. So the food side of it has to do with the Word of God. There's nothing more important to us than regular, consistent Bible study. It is as true as... To the spiritual life, as physical food is, to your physical life. Health depends on what we eat and how much we eat. One of my favorites is named R.A. Torrey, a great author who is um, an associate of um, D.L. Moody and actually came to pastor his Bible college, lead his Bible college one time. R.A. Torrey wrote some fantastic books on prayer, by the way. And he said this about Bible reading and Bible study. He said, the soul's proper food is found in one book, the Bible. So if you want to feed your soul, the spiritual, he's talking about the spiritual side of us. If you want to feed the soul, it will not be done at Chick-fil-A. I know y'all, I, y'all like Christian chicken is the best. But for spiritual food, we need the Bible. Amen? All right. So he is so, so right. The one, he also went on to say, the one who neglects his Bible is found to be a failure in his Christian pursuits. I would maybe soften that a little bit, and I would say you will simply be mediocre if you, take, if you don't consistently get into the Word of God, you're simply going to be a mediocre, not-so-fruitful follower of Jesus. And so we, if we want to be successful believers and Christians, we're going to have to learn to do better with the Word of God. So this brings us to an important question. What is the right way to feed on God's Word? Practically. I don't need today probably, because we've covered it in previous weeks of this series, to remind you the benefits and the value in God's Word. I don't remember how many of those we gave you, but a bunch. So we should already know the benefits of it. Today I'm making it very simple and simply saying you can't live without it. You You just can't live without it. So the question is, well, how do I eat it? If Jeremiah says, oh... Man, I eat your word and it's my joy to do that. It means so much to me to eat your word. How do we eat it? I go to certain countries around the world and I find different people eat different ways. And obviously they eat different foods. And sometimes when I'm served food that I'm a little bit cautious about, and I'm like, ah, I'm not real sure about that. I have a standard way to deal with it, because a lot of people always ask me when we travel internationally, how do you deal if you get in a situation and you're like, mm-hmm, not going to do that. Have a good answer for you. you simply say to them, fasting and praying. <laughs> fasting and praying. If you just say, I'm not hungry, they will never accept that. All right. Because they are hospitable and want to care for you. So if you just say, no, thank you. I'm going, oh, no, no. you have to eat. Yeah. So simply say, fasting and praying. If you say fasting and praying, they're going, go, oh, okay. You go ahead and fast and pray. Anyway, just gave you. That's worth the price of admission this morning alone, right there. Right? <laughs> so, how, So when it comes to eating spiritually, how do we do that? I'm going to give you five ways. All right, y'all ready? All right, here we go. And you're going to be like, duh. You know, I know. They, but, but the problem is we just don't do them. You're, you're going to find that a number of these we just don't do. All right, so here we go. Number one, real simple, read it. Just Just read it. Now, what I'm going to suggest to you is that most Christians who are s- serious about learning, growing in their faith, that's about all they do. So the other four are ignored, all right? But let's at least, there's, look, there's some Christians we know from studies, we know from, from looking at research, the majority of Christians get the Word of God once maybe a week and they get what they get only by hearing someone teach it or proclaim it. That's all they get. So they're living off of some kind of a lightweight snack that is shared on Sunday morning, and they think that's going to get them through their week. They think that is somehow going to change our, our, our social fabric. Come on, get a life. It ain't going to happen. It's simply not going to happen. Reading is the first and most basic level of eating God's Word, and, and it should simply be a habit, habitual reading. Now, I'll tell you a couple of ways to go about it here in just a second. But just on a practical level, let me just say something that I've learned is helpful. I found it's helpful because everyone always wants to know, well, how much should I do? I suggest you not put so much emphasis on how much, the volume, as much as you do the time. So set for yourself a goal that is reasonable. Don't, don't say, I'm going to spend three hours in the Word. You'll fail, okay? You'll fail at that, and then you'll get discouraged. Then you're going to feel guilty, and then you're going to say, forget about it. Am I right? Yeah. So just say, okay, I'm, every day I'm going to read 15 minutes a day. That's what I'm going to do. Don't say, I'm reading six chapters. Make it a matter of time. All right, much better. I have found that it's beneficial to approach reading a couple of different ways. One, I found it's useful to read through, first of all, quickly. Try reading quickly. So you don't stop to study. So reading is different from study. We'll get to that in a second. So read just straight through. Don't stop. Don't go to cross-references. Don't go to other passages. Just just read it, and sometimes read even large sections, like you're reading a novel. Take the Book of Galatians, and read it from beginning to end, just pushing on through it and reading it. It's just like you're just you're eating a full meal. You're not getting not digging below the surface. You're just reading it in and, and a fairly large segment. I found that that's a good way sometimes to read. You also need to try reading slowly. Other times you need to just take small chunks but read it through once then read it back through real slowly. Like every word matters. also found it's helpful To read in different translations. Mm -hmm. Next Sunday, as we wrap up the series, I'm gonna give you my, this is just not my scholarly analysis, but I think a helpful way for you to see the, the, the different translations and where they fall in terms of their different value. All right? So that will be next Sunday. I'll talk to you what translation for what purpose. All right? But multiple translations, there are hundreds out there, right? So but I found it's very useful to I'll read through a section of scripture and I'll read it in maybe three or four different translations. I'll read more literal translations and then I'll read paraphrase translations. And I find that it just helps me to benefit from reading using different translations. it's okay. Some people are like, you mean you read something other than the King James Version? Yes. Okay, so we'll talk about different translations next week. So reading the Bible, all these other methods of eating are, start with reading. All right? So reading the Bible. Everybody say read. Read. All right, number two is stu- study. So studying. There's plenty of scriptures on this. We'll just start with one. I'll give you a couple here. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. What's the context? Moses is dead. Joshua is assuming leadership now. He's assuming leadership for the children of Israel. It's a pretty important transition. Would you agree with me? And God is giving him wisdom for leading and living. And he says this to him in verse 8: He says, Study, study this book of instruction. Study it. He's talking about the Torah. It's applicable to us, relates to us, to the whole Bible. Study this book of instruction continually. Everybody say "continually." continually. Doesn't mean a snack a week. Read it, study. You can't study without reading it. Read it, study it continually, meditate on it day and night. And we'll look at that one next. So that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Now he had a real big task in front of him. But what God was saying is, Joshua, you're not going to make it. If you're not studying the Word, if you're not studying the book of instruction, if you're not doing it by the Word of God, you will not be successful. And it's not enough for you just to scantly read it. You need to study it. You need to meditate it. And when you do read it, read it with one thing in mind. I need to do what it's telling me to do. I need to apply it. So read it, study it with application in mind. Powerful. We'll come back to that verse again in a second. Psalm 119 verse 15, the psalmist says, I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. In the book of Ezra, whoa! I wish I had a time. I've been studying Ezra. I wish I had time to give you full context. I don't, but it's wonderful. This priest said this. This, verse 7, verse 10. This was because Ezra had determined to study and obey the law of the Lord, the Torah. And to teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel. Ezra was responsible to teach them. But first he had to study the Word. So a couple of suggestions might be useful to you as you become a student of the Word. The concept of studying is you're going deeper than the surface. It's not a matter of simply reading Psalm 1, you're going underneath and you're starting to ask questions and learn in a deeper way than superficial reading. We like reading, we like reading, reading is good, but it's simply one way to eat. But you want to eat in a more nutritious way, you need to go to the next level. And the next level is study. And some of you just freak out by hearing the word study. I mean, I can say the word study, and I see you getting nervous. It means to study to go deeper, all right? And, and, and let me just offer you some very practical ways, and then I'm, you know, I've got a couple slides on this to show you. So first of all, I suggest that the right way to study the Bible is most, to begin with you, it's really important that you do it this way, be prayerful. So just start off when you're getting ready to have a study time. Let's say you've allocated 15 minutes for Bible study today, which by the way will go by will go by like that. Okay. So you've allocated 15 minutes for Bible study. You're fasting lunch at work. You're getting your Bible out. The first thing you do is you start like this. You say, "Lord, I'm so thankful that this is the Bible." And I'm gonna study it, and these words will be life to me. Holy Spirit, teach me as I read and study. You open it up, whatever section you're starting with, you begin. So you're starting off by being prayerful. Number two, be diligent. What does it mean to be diligent? That means it's gonna take work. You're gonna have, I'm gonna show you some specific ways to be diligent about it, but you're gonna have to be prepared. To work at this, uh, I remember when uh, it, I, I was in full-time ministry for 15 years without doing hardly any academic work, I had some basic Bible college early on, but any real serious academic work, uh, particularly uh, accredited academic work, and uh, then I went back to school in order to get enough credits so that I could do graduate study at Regent University. So I'm going to community college that was a smart move, right? So I'm trying to get all those basics done. And they required me, so by this point I'm 35, right? So you know what they wanted me to do? They wanted me to take college algebra. (laughs) Why do I need college algebra? I've been in full-time ministry for 15 years, And how and why don't never mind. So I'm like I don't have a choice. I got to do it. So how many of you know? I mean that will, particularly me. I mean I'm like oh my gosh, and I had to pass. <laughs> I had to pass. I really didn't care what grade I got. I just had to pass. And I'm going to the teacher said, listen sir, you just don't understand. I did this when I was 17 and 18, but I don't know how to, and I mean, I had to get tutors. I had to go to extra, but I passed so that I could move along in my goal of finishing my undergraduate degree requirements so that I could do graduate work. And I had to work at it. How many of you know anything that worthwhile is worth a little work? Yeah, if you want to learn something, you've got to, you've, got to, you've got to study. You have to be diligent about it. Next there is be consistent. What I mean by this is you have to be regular. we we never miss meals. I mean, we're really good about it. Most of us, three a day and a snack. Am I right? Yeah, a day, three a day. Plus a snack, but Bible study—not so much. I'm telling you, you've got to develop some sense of consistency, and like I said, set apart a part of, set of time, and the, and then just on a basic thing, just start mark, just start by marking. The something that means something to you, something that stands out with you, something that seems to speak specifically to you, mark it, underline it, highlight it, whatever system you want to use. Next, be careful about your Bible study. What I mean by that is learn to interpret Scripture appropriately. Start asking questions as you're getting through the Scripture. You're starting to ask questions like, What is this saying? What is it saying? You want to ask a question like, what does it mean for me? What am I going to do about it? So you need to l- study as if you're listening to God speak to you. Now, let me just give you a couple of things very quickly here. Methods. So there's all different. I could take a whole couple of Sundays, talk to you about methods for Bible study. And it is useful. It is helpful. We just don't have time to cover them all. You can do a verse by verse study where you're just taking. You know, out of a small section of scripture, you could study every verse, one verse at a time, one verse a day, and you can just begin to parse it and look at the words and look at the sentence structure. You can approach it that way. You can do a biographical study, which say, you know, I don't know anything about Ezra. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do study about the life and, and work of Ezra. Who was this dude? What did he do? Why did he do it? How did God use him? That's a biographical approach. You can use a word study approach where you simply select certain key words that stand out and you're like, what in the world does propitiation mean? What does redemption mean? What, what are these words? What, what, do they, what do they mean to me? You can do a word-by-word word, uh, approach. You can do a topical study where you can say, I think I want to study about what? fasting. We just got through the season on fasting. I want to know more about fasting. So you simply take that as a topical study and you simply go through and there are tools to help you. I'll mention it in a second. There are tools to help you, but you simply go through and you study, you're going to it's going to take you more than one day, but you're going to study a topic and you're going to learn more about that by doing what? Going beyond the surface into deeper things. There are many tools available. You you should probably have access to, you don't have to have these physical books, you need to have access to a Bible dictionary that is good, a reliable Bible dictionary, simply to look up a word and wonder what in the world it is. A Bible dictionary, a study Bible, this is a study Bible, that's why it's so thick. And also it's for people who need bigger words. And But a study Bible has extra notes there that will help you. By the way, notes in a study Bible of any kind are not inspired. Yeah. Right, Steve? They're not inspired. They're helpful, but they're not always truth. It's someone's opinion of it is probably solid, but there's usually about a 20% factor that don't just accept it because it's it's in the Bible. No, it's in your study notes. It's not in the Bible. Are y'all hearing me? So, So that's useful. Having a concordance within any kind of study Bible, most Bibles now have a concordance of some sort in the back but a concordance allows you to find anything in the whole Bible and gives you the actual text and location for it. Looking and reading and using commentaries, even if it's just one or two basics to start off with, it is useful. And some of you are saying, I don't have the budget to buy all of that stuff. You don't need it these days. Yes, I have a pretty big library that fills... Not only my study here, but also at home. And Carrie bemoans the fact that I have so many books. But there was a day that if I was going to study a commentary, I needed to buy every book. Today, if I were a new Bible student starting off, I would probably do 90% of my work online. Because you are online free. Everybody say free. Free. Resources. Resources Online, every commentary, every book, every Bible dictionary, it's all online. And I'm just going to start by giving you one. All right, I may give you one or two next week. If you simply look up blueletterbible.org, blue, the color blue, blue blueletterbible.org, you'll find a plethora. Of study information and never pay a dime for it. Are y'all, is this helping anybody? All right, let me go for, I want to give you the other eating uh, approaches before I'm closed today. The next one, number three, is called meditating. Meditating. Psalm 1 and verse 2, the psalmist says, but whose delight, it's talking about the man that's blessed, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, the Torah, and who meditates in his law day and night. This is the blessed man. This kind of meditation is Christian meditation, and a lot of Christians don't think about meditating because they think that is a mystical Eastern practice. We're not talking about taking a yoga posture and meditating with a mantra. (gasps) We're talking about Bible meditation, and you might say, "Well, what in the world is that?" The word "meditate" is two Hebrew words, but the main one means to mutter, to ponder, to uh, to the word is "haga." By the way, to deeply reflect, to mutter or literally the word that that word letter was translated into is the word ruminate. Ruminate is a word that agri- is an agricultural. Word. Ruminate is something that animals do who have multiple stomachs and they're trying to get the most out of what they're eating and they chew it and they chew it. Have you ever noticed a cow? Have you ever seen a cow at a fast food restaurant? No. Well, Chick-fil-A. I mean, I mean. <laughs> Cows chew and chew and chew. There's no fast food to it. They take a lot of time. But the problem is we don't want to take time. We want to do it fast, right? But meditating can't be done fast, rapid fire. It takes a little time. So you meditate, ruminate, and you're chewing literally to ponder, which means to weigh carefully in your mind and in your emotions. There's so many wonderful scriptures about it. I read you Psalm 1 and 2. Also, uh, it, you mentioned that I already read to you in Joshua 1.8 it said what? Study at the law continually and what else? And meditate in it. How often? Dana, and some of you are like, Pastor, I don't have the time. Yes, you can. You can be chopping wood and meditating simultaneously. I know none of you chop wood. But anyway, You can chop wood. You can do other things. You can drive your vehicle and meditate. You say, how much time do you spend in your car a day? You can be meditating because all it means is to reflect and ponder deeply. Philippians 4 chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, Whatever things are a virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, he says, meditate on those things. Because some of you are like, well, I don't know what to meditate on. Well, Philippians 4:8 just told you what to meditate on. <laughs> Think about it. Think, mutter it, ponder it, and it will be so useful to you. Number four, wrapping up. Oh, I know you love this. Memorize. How do you eat? Read. Study. Meditate. Memorize. Memorizing Scripture. The psalmist said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Reading it is not hiding it. It's not enough. You have to go deeper. you got to hide it in your heart. How do you hide it in your heart? you got to commit it to your memory where you remember it. Jerry Bridges, the great author, said, The goal of memorization is the application of Scripture to one's life. There's so many wonderful reasons. If you want to defeat the enemy when he tempts you, and if he's attacking you and you want to defend yourself against it, how do you say it is written if you don't know what's written? I mean, that's pretty basic, right? I could give you 12 reasons why you ought to memorize. Not to mention the fact that as an effective Christian witness, having a few scriptures memorized is really helpful, isn't it? All right. So I find that Christians, young Christians, sometimes in the WANA programs and Sunday school programs and Bible uh, Royal Ranger programs, do Bible memorization, but unfortunately we don't do enough of it. And somehow we think that once you're 12 you can stop memorizing for the rest of your life. You never ever have to memorize anything else again because you've done your memory work. Come on. Finally, number five. Fifth way that you eat is what? To speak it, to confess it, to declare. This means verbal declaration of Bible truth. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I'm getting weaker every day. No. Let the weak say what? I am strong. That is a principle. So if you're downhearted, we're not telling you to be, to be deceiving yourself, but out of your mouth, put words, for example, I am. I am am full of the joy of the Lord today. To rejoice is a decision to be joyful in spite of circumstance. Put into your mouth declarations of faith. One reason I've been leading you in these declarations of this is the Bible before in this series is because what? What we're doing is simply declaring this is what I believe about the Bible. Well, in any situation you have in life, every problem you have in life, the Bible addresses The Bible has an answer. Put that answer in your mouth. You say, I just don't feel like I can overcome that situation. Well, the Bible tells us that in 1 John chapter 9, it says, I am an overcomer. Those born of God have overcome. Therefore, I'm an overcomer. The Bible says in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How about rather than us murmuring complaining in a cyclical fashion over and over again, complaining, murmuring, focusing on how bad we are, are doing. How about we just try the therapy of putting, meditating on the truth and then put some truth into your actual mouth and declare it over your life and over your circumstance. How much harm could that do? No, it would actually help, wouldn't it? stand to your feet as we close. Five ways to feed on the nutrition of God's Word. We'll wrap this up next Sunday. We're going to pray now. If you're part of our prayer teams, please come to the front as people are here with needs. So I'm just going to pray a a, a response prayer to what I taught. And I pray that in your heart you'll simply agree. Simply align yourself with what I'm praying. If, it's, if, if that's your decision. Lord, first of all, we say that we're thankful for the Word of God. Lord, we also are declaring today that we need to adjust our appetites and our eating habits. And Lord, we need to understand the importance of eating your Word, feeding on your Word, with the same attitude that Jeremiah had Lord we pray today that we would get very practical and we would make life adjustments you give us the strength and the courage and the willpower and the discipline to create time in our busy lives for something that is so important to all of us Lord help us as we learn to read study meditate memorize and even to confess the word We know that the result will be great for us and for the kingdom of Jesus Christ We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen